What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Meeting Mental Health Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tiffany. And in this week's episode, I want to talk about dealing with your mental health at work. You know, we are 19 episodes in, and I realize I haven't really discussed what I do for money um, or what my career is, what I do for a living. That sounds better. You know, I've been out of work for a little while now, but I can pretty much bet anything that not a whole lot has changed out there. And depending on what line of work you do, stress levels vary, but we all come face to face with some stressful or difficult situations when it comes to our jobs at some point. There's really no way around it. You know, there's stress to perform well, stress in dealing with your boss or your coworkers, and then you have your own stress that might stem from outside of work. And then you have your own mental health issues to deal with on top of all of it. And now all of a sudden, you have to become a magician and an acrobat and do a tightrope act, song and dance for eight plus hours to make it seem like you're okay. And it's exhausting. You know, whether you work in customer service and have to deal with the public on a daily basis, and just a little side note here, let me tell you, anyone working in customer service, bless your heart. I've been there and I've done that and dealing with the general population is a fucking nightmare. If you've never had the pleasure of doing so, you would be amazed at the things you come across working with the public. It really is unbelievable. Magical, almost, in the worst sense of the word. They expect miracles to happen, you know, and half the time, don't, they don't even know what they want or what they're looking for, and they expect you, the person they just met five seconds ago, to make decisions for them. It's unreal. It really is. And if you are feeling attacked or triggered in any way here... <clears throat> Anyway, so like I was saying, whether you work in customer service, healthcare, hospitality, childcare, if you're a teacher, a therapist, a lawyer, construction worker, it doesn't matter. Stress is bound to find you sooner or later. You know, we all deal with it in one way or another, and for obvious reasons, we don't all handle it the same way. And working in some of these high stress environments can be challenging for some and can oftentimes lead to or negatively affect pre-existing mental health issues. More times than not, people don't discuss their mental health at work, which in turn can lead to developing some pretty bad habits like self-medicating or self-sabotage and other self-harming acts. But before I go any further about mental health at work, let me give you a little backstory about the career path that I chose and some of my jobs, just so you can get a better sense of who I am and where I'm coming from. So starting from the top, uh, like I mentioned, I did work in customer service for about six years. It was my first job right out of high school. Yes, I didn't start working until I was 18. It was that whole anxiety thing, remember? Anyway, I worked at one of those like big box home improvement stores, uh, the orange one, if you must know. And, you know, I started part time because I was going to college at the time and I really just needed enough money for gas, books and cigarettes. So nine dollars an hour was cool with me. And as time went on, I moved on to other areas in the store. And at one point I had it in my mind that I would just work there forever and screw school, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't really know what I was thinking. No, actually, I do. I got too comfortable there, you know, and moving on to something different and better seemed way too scary at the time. But eventually I came to my senses and I realized I didn't want to mix paint and deal with customers for the rest of my life. No shade to anybody who does. It just wasn't the right thing for me. So once I realized that, I decided to follow my passion, which is cooking. You know, my friend got me an interview at this restaurant and I was scared shitless. 
But I put that poker face on and brought my best A game and confidence to the interview and really sold myself and magically got hired with no previous kitchen experience. And I was overjoyed. I felt like I had won the lottery or something, you know, and that was what kickstarted my career into the restaurant industry. Um, I didn't go to culinary school. I had never worked in a restaurant before. The closest thing to that was stocking shelves in a deli for like a day and a half. So yeah, I had no clue what was going on. Um, my first day training was on a busy Friday night. They are yelling out orders and code words, 86 behind, walking in, heard all of it. And I was lost and nervous that I wouldn't be able to keep up, but I instantly fell in love with it at the same time. You know, something about the organized chaos, the synchronized dance of everyone moving and working together, how effortless this well-oiled machine was working. And I couldn't wait to be a part of it. And that's when it all began, you know, and since then for the past 12-ish years, the food service industry has pretty much been my life. You know, I was eager to learn and grow. So I worked my way up in that restaurant. I had lots of great opportunities and experiences, and I learned a lot about the corporate side of the industry. I then decided I wanted to learn and experience more. So I went to work at a small family-owned French restaurant, and there was absolutely nothing corporate about this place. Um, This was one of those tell-it-like-it-is, you're-in-my-way, work-faster kind of places. Uh, You definitely weren't going to find an HR department here. And in the beginning, you know, it was definitely a hard transition. But again, I loved it. You know, we did scratch cooking. Um, It was super busy and challenging at times, but it really taught me a lot about cooking and pushing myself to reach new limits. After that, I wanted to start my own business, which I talked about in a previous episode. So we all know how that ended. Um, And if you haven't listened to that one yet and you have like 18 minutes to spare, give it a listen. It's a pretty um, interesting and amusing kind of story. Anyway, um, for the past three years, I've been working still in food service, but in a completely different setting than what I'm used to. Um, I've been working at a retirement community, which has also been quite the learning experience as well. You know, I've learned to do lots of prep and cooking in huge batches and managing, multitasking, things like that. So yeah, over the past 12 years or so, I've dabbled in a few different culinary areas, well-rounded assortment of jobs, I think anyway, and my current occupation title is sous chef. Whether it will continue to be that still remains to be seen. Um, Who knows? I may see a career change in my future. We shall see. Anyway, now that you have my complete work history and LinkedIn profile, uh, let's get into mental health and stress in the workplace. So like I said in the beginning, working in customer service or retail definitely comes with its fair share of stress and can for sure, um, you know, mess with your mental health. You know, you have daily tasks to accomplish on top of helping customers, on top of maintaining your department. You always have managers on your back about something, you name it, you have to deal with it. And for many, it can definitely be stressful. Um, for me, I worked in retail from 18 to 24, um, And honestly, I really didn't take it all that serious. You know, sure, it was stressful and annoying at times, but I had fun with it. You know, the place was like a little playground for me. Um, I kind of just did whatever I wanted. I mean, I did my job and I did my job well, but my idea of handling stress at that age was to A, either avoid whatever was causing it, B, to just tell them whatever they wanted to hear so they would leave me alone, or C, doing stupid things, which was a clear indicator that my brain wasn't fully developed. Uh, Let's just say I made some poor choices. Moving on. 
So since most of my work experience is in the food industry, I'm going to focus on stress and mental health in that field because it's what I know. And although topics like this are rarely discussed in the kitchen and many people don't openly discuss it, the reality is, is that the restaurant industry has some of the highest rates of mental illness, according to an article that I read on buzztime.com. In a recent survey conducted by Chefs with Issues and the Heirloom Foundation, 73% of participating chefs reported that they suffer from multiple mental health conditions, including depression, anxiety, and substance abuse. You know, working in the restaurant industry can be a hard, stressful job, both physically and mentally. The hours are long, and most times the hours are late. You know, the work is strenuous for everyone. Hosts, servers, cooks, dishwashers, managers. On a busy night, everyone feels it. The pressure to perform and to perform well is on. You know, everyone has to put on their best performance to get people seated on time, to get orders taken, to prepare meals quickly, and to ensure that the guest is having the ultimate dining experience. But not to just only a couple guests. Sometimes it can be up to 250 to 300 plus guests a night all without sacrificing quality. And 98% of the time, they're doing it without a break. It's tough, you know? And if you've never worked in the industry and you've never experienced what seven o'clock on a Saturday night feels like, the next time you go out to eat, before you complain about how long things are taking, just take a second to look around at the well-oiled machine of people it takes to run a smooth operation and to ensure that you and everyone else enjoys that perfectly cooked steak and keeps your water and wine glasses full. You know, be mindful and enjoy the moment. Remember that although they are operating like a machine, they are people just like you and me with feelings and emotions and know that everyone is doing their best to keep that smile shining and to make sure that you're happy. So like I've said, the stress levels in the food industry can be and are extremely high, which is why substance use in the industry is and has always been high as well. A survey by the American Addiction Center showed that one in 10 food service industry workers reported that they are under the influence of drugs for the majority of their work shifts. And around one in 20 reported the same for alcohol use. The most common substance is marijuana at 81%, painkiller and opiates at 31%, and cocaine at 28%. Beer is the number one consumed alcohol at 61%, followed by liquor and mixed drinks at 47% and 37%, respectively. It's also important to note that one in five food service workers use drugs and alcohol multiple times a week outside of work. 31% say they've never used drugs or alcohol at all. 12.6% say that they have been inebriated for an entire shift at least once. 40% consider casual drug use as part of their work culture. And three in 10 food service workers were caught using illicit substances at work and had no repercussions. Less than one in five actually get fired after being caught. The numbers here are astounding. You know, let's think about that for a second. These surveys show that 69% of food service workers use drugs and alcohol regularly. 
and on a busy night in a fully staffed restaurant with roughly 30 to 40 employees, depending on the size of the restaurant, at least three or four people are under the influence of drugs for the majority of their shift. So yes, substance use in the food service industry is unfortunately stereotypical and a habit that is commonplace for many Americans. It is a coping tool for most to help alleviate the stress And when coupled with mental health issues, it is inevitably a recipe, no pun intended, for disaster. A few years ago, the restaurant world saw this play out and was shocked and saddened by the loss of a great man and chef. He was a tell-it-like-it-is-no-holds-bar kind of guy. You know, he traveled the world, experienced a lot of cool things, and pretty much had the respect of everyone in the industry. On the outside, he seemed to have it all and was happy and enjoying life. But sadly, on June 8th, 2018, celebrity chef and food industry icon Anthony Bourdain took his own life after a long struggle and battle with both substance abuse and depression. The news of his untimely passing struck a chord with chefs around the world, many who could relate to what he had been going through. And it's sad to think that someone like him, who was so well-liked, and probably had plenty of resources, and who talked openly about his substance use, felt like he couldn't openly discuss his mental health issues as well. You know, the food industry has this tough-as-nails mentality. Showing signs of weakness represents failure in a way, so much so that even the most respected people in the industry don't feel comfortable opening up and expressing their feelings. Just imagine how many ordinary people like you and me are out there struggling and suffering every day in the same way, and no one knows about it. You know, the pressure to perform and smile through the pain day in and day out for many can eventually become too much. The high levels of stress become too much, and the constant pressure for everything you do to be perfect every day becomes too much. And it's sad to say this, but the food industry doesn't really cater to or care about what you need or how your mental health is as an employee, because the focus has always been and will always be on the guest. The guest comes first. So day in and day out, people are constantly putting their own mental health at risk just to oftentimes get below minimum wage pay, to work long, hard hours, to put on this performance to make sure that you're entertained and so that you don't have to wait too long to get your cocktail refilled, or even worse, to get bitched at because the well-done filet you ordered is dry. I reiterate that it is in these moments that you should stop and remind yourself to be mindful and just enjoy the moment. You know, enjoy the privilege you have to even go out to be catered by these people. Remember that although they are operating like a well-oiled machine and they may make it look effortless, at the end of the day, they are regular people just like you and me, people with feelings and emotions, some of them working double shifts just to pay their bills and wearing a fake smile for 12 hours to hide their pain. But just know that everyone is doing their best. For me, I was not exempt from the food industry culture, especially not in my early days. You know, it simply became part of the routine. Working hard, long hours with my adrenaline pumping for so long really did something to my brain. And at the end of a long night, the only thing I wanted to do was calm down, sit back, relax, and zone out. The only way that I knew how to. It was my routine for a long time. And I developed some pretty bad habits along the way and made some bad decisions, 
which in turn was not very good for my mental health either. I had my fair share of mood swings and days when my mental health just wasn't up to par, you know, especially when I didn't have things under control. I would come into work not happy, not enthused, not wanting to be there, pissed off at one thing or another. And instead of being able to talk to someone at work about it or maybe given some advice to get myself together, the response I was often met with was, leave it at the door. And I respected my chef who said this to me. I respected him a lot. So I did. You know, I thought it was good advice. I thought he was right. You know, I shouldn't be bringing my shit to work with me. But now, looking back, I realize sometimes it's not that easy and that that's actually horrible advice. You know, especially coming from someone who you look up to, you know, because more times than not, you're at work more than you're at home. And when you're at work with these people for a long period of time, you build these relationships and they sort of become your second family. And in my opinion, instead of leaving it at the door, just come in and put your head down and get to work, we should be able to express ourselves and have an outlet and be able to talk to our second family when something is going on, just like we would with our own family, you know. The food service industry is tight-knit, and we should be helping each other and looking out for each other instead of dismissing and telling us to mask what is at the core of who we really are as people. You know, I also believe that mental health days should be a requirement for employers, especially in this industry, with no questions asked. No one should have to prove to their employer that they aren't well, physically or mentally. You know, just remember, your job shouldn't come before your health. No matter how good you are, they will replace you in a heartbeat. And trust me, I know. No matter how close you get with people or how much of a family it feels like, at the end of the day, it's all business. And maybe that's not true for all, but it is true for most. So please don't sacrifice your own well-being for anyone, especially those who don't care to know or help you with what you're going through. So... I want to wrap this up by saying the purpose of this episode is to shed a little light on this industry that so many of us take for granted every single day. You know, the people who are serving you and your family are doing their best to make sure you have a great experience, despite what may be going on behind the scenes and in their own lives. Be mindful to those thankless workers and show them the same kind of respect that you want. You know, it's a hard job, a job that most wouldn't last a day in. And we might be a little crazy for choosing this career and coming back day after day and putting ourselves through it, but we do it because it's what we love to do. We do it because it's our passion. And for the food service workers out there, let's normalize talking about our mental health. You know, it doesn't make you weak. If anything, it makes you stronger because putting yourself out there like that takes courage. So if you know anyone working in the restaurant industry, check in on them every once in a while you know, make sure they're okay. And if you or someone you know is in the food industry and is struggling to cope and is turning to drugs, alcohol, or have even contemplated worse, please don't be afraid to speak up and ask for help. Help is out there. You just have to ask. And always remember that you are not alone in this. That's all I have for this episode. If you'd like to weigh in on this topic, follow Meeting Mental Health on Instagram and let me know your thoughts. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out. As always, until we meet next time, thanks for listening and have a great day.